Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, what's going on, Champagne Sharks? It's me, T, and uh, have Vita with me. And uh, some other people might be joining later on. But for now, Vita, so say hello to the people. Let people know where to find you. What up? You can find me on Twitter at Lifestar Media. And that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, I've been in, like, in a really peaceful place, like from doing, uh, you know, it's so silly. I've only done yoga like twice. And when I'm done, I'm like super relaxed. And then I'm like, do I really want to go on social media and like risk seeing something that's going to annoy me and get me like wound up? Yo, I go through the same shit when I meditate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when when you uh, meditate, cause I feel like I want to meditate next because uh, like yoga, you get like a, a taste of med- meditation, but it's not like full blown meditation. But I was like, if the yoga works that well, then I need to like just go all in on, on the meditation. But like, um, do you find like you can like feel really relaxed and, and like ready to sleep after you're done? Because that's the way I feel after yoga. Like I, I could just go right yeah. to sleep. It depends after. on the meditation I do. So I have there are different types of meditations. The ones I do to go to sleep for sure. And also it's quieter, at least in L.A. <laughs> well, you're in New York, so I'm, I don't know if you live like near busy areas, but it's it's easier for me at night anyway, because it's quieter and I can relax and it helps me go to sleep. Um, but if there are also meditations that don't actually put you to sleep because it's, it's the breathing pattern of how they tell you to breathe that makes a difference. So, you know, there's different breathing patterns that help with anxiety, some that help with sleep, some that give you energy because sometimes you need air to give you energy. Um, so it depends on which ones. Um, but they help me relax. It's I will say this, though. It, nothing takes you out of your meditative space, even after your meditation, quicker than social media. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put you like right back in that. uh, It's like talking to a negative person. You know what I mean? Like you ever like have a good day and you're feeling good. Everything's great. And then you talk to somebody who's real negative and your energy, they just zap your energy. Well, imagine having that feeling and then you get on your phone. There's like a thousand people (laughs) with all that negative energy. I find that Twitter is not so bad until... I let myself find the character of the day or the debate of the day. That's when it really goes down to twos for me. Like if I can tweet and, you know, DM some people and talk, but avoid the character of the day. Like, for example, someone just sent me something and it was like um, this, this whole thing where people going crazy trying to. uh, So I knew about this case, but I wasn't really tracking it. I, I, I guess I don't care, but. I know that the discourse is going to be bad. So I really want to hear how it turns out. I don't want to hear commentary on it, really. But the uh, black woman who went on a Bumble date with the white guy, they found out that she was doing like uh, divesting tweets and Facebook messages. So like on one hand, you have people like almost gloating that she got killed, which is like, you know, super tacky. But then, you know, that like, uh, oh, you know, they play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And I'm like, I don't care if someone's like, divesting or anything i don't want you know any black people to die it's not that's just cruel you yeah, know? Exa- yeah, just, yeah exactly yeah i'm gonna be real with you mm-hmm. it's not even a race thing for me yeah and this is something i notice with people on twitter especially if you're a person who tweets a lot of pro-black stuff like i do yeah people assume you hate everybody else <laughs> so like they'll do that so like for example with this girl i don't care what race she was honestly that's a pretty heinous thing to have happen yeah you know what i mean and and the police not do anything so to me it didn't like race part didn't really play a role in in that part of the conversation it was a cruel thing um we don't really know everything that happened but we know the police didn't handle it right and we know why they probably didn't handle yeah it right um yeah and, and, and even if you have a problem with what she was doing like um the police aren't gonna make a difference when it's somebody else in the future like 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 that's still gonna affect you as a black right. person you know what i mean exactly because let's say it wasn't a relationship thing maybe that was just her friend from work and they you know something happened you get what i'm saying like would yeah. that make a difference no the cops wouldn't care they just see a, a dead black girl okay you know yeah yeah so so you know she was doing all those like uh 
thirsty, divester style tweets and everything. And you know, people were like kind of uh, joking about her dying. And then like the divestors came in and, you know, they're like a cult. So they're trying to divert it to saying uh, the problem is black men and black men do most of the killing and i was like man what i even do this to myself i didn't go down the rabbit hole i didn't read the threads or whatever but it, it, it's like if you if you if you go around social media aimlessly enough you're sooner or later gonna find something to make you want to jump in and argue oh man that's a fact sometimes it's hard to resist but you know yeah. what i specifically don't search certain topics like i did not uh look more into that story on purpose because i knew there were going to be dumb conversations. So I, when I when I saw how where when I saw where the conversations were heading, I just stopped paying attention to the story. Yeah, I stopped paying attention to the story too. But then uh, this is a dumb thing I did. Someone was like um, on my timeline was like, "How did black men get blamed for um, this thing happening?" And they got curious. I'm like, "Wait a minute, how were they able to do that?" <laughs> I, I kind of oh, want to yeah. know. I saw did, those tweets too. Yeah, yeah. How did they make that uh, jump in logic? So then I asked like wait, is that really happening? Then the person gave me the link. And I'm like, you know what? I did this to myself that I shouldn't have asked uh, uh, if that's really happening. Like, that's basically, uh, I did it to myself. But that's just one topic. But just, yeah, just in general, there's always like a topic of the day. And then none of it matters in the long run anyway. In, in terms, and what I mean by that is, I don't mean like it doesn't matter in real life. I mean, on social media, nobody follows up on anything. Have you ever noticed that? Like within two or three days, it'll be a new topic. Whether the guy gets convicted or not, uh, right. nothing can stay in anybody's head for too long because you're always getting inundated with new um, yeah there'll be and there'll be another new story that comes out that validates some ignorant perspective that the different person has you know what i mean so that's that's really what it's all about because if the reality is this <clears throat> those have been two white people or two black people nobody would have gave a shit that conversation would have been in and out mm, that's true you know but it was a white girl i mean a black girl and a white a white guy you know so it's going to be blown it's gonna turn into this much larger conversation and, and her being a divester i guess aids that but well, well you know what if they were both black it probably wouldn't have been really reported but if it did get reported um the divestors would have jumped all over it as in like see what happens when you mess with these uh yeah black men they do that anyway you know what yeah, I mean? like, exactly. there's, there's a news story like that every fucking day because every fucking day in all in every race all across the country that shit happens oh <laughs> you know that story that you said about the hairdresser was was funny and stuff about uh that she found somebody uh can you describe yeah. the channel she found because i found that that funny but but yeah the i can't lie um wasn't the hairdresser the the you say you know someone who found a, a channel where the person has oh yeah yeah the girl who does my hair yeah yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah she found i wish i knew what the i could text her and ask her what that link was but yeah it's like this news channel where for the people people don't know what we we're talking about um it was it's like not even a news channel it's this black girl who does like blog commentary black news right <clears throat> but the majority of her news is something a black male did negatively to a black female and a good chunk of those stories that i heard her report on were stories where the son killed the mother or some other woman, usually a girlfriend or something, but a lot of times it was a mother. And then the girl's commentary would be something like, you know, <laughs> see black moms, you can do all, you can do everything for your children and, and for your sons, but these, but your black son will still kill you. Like these are literally her, her summaries of every news story. I don't know. Like I got to find that site because I can't lie. I got a weird entertainment. Uh, when people are just that crazy, it ends up going from offensive to actually becoming uh entertaining like i gave you that example of that uh danielle danielle girl who yeah. has, has the craziest uh anti-black men takes and i'm not sincerely entertained by them like i put people onto them and like i now i know people who have like you know watched their videos and stuff and they're like she's crazy but i can't turn away uh this is the woman for people who are you uh, gonna play it <laughs> oh actually yeah i should just play it like what, what am play, i doing yeah just play that part play the one with the george floyd thing yeah, yeah. Let that's me. Like uh, the best one. I've, that's like the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's it's funnier if you can, y'all. If you can see her face, it's funnier because she has a thousand yard stare. Like she looks just crazy as hell, and it oh adds God. to the. Uh, she kind of has a, a Stepford wife type of look. Yes. Like oh, not even a, like a want like a sincere wannabe Stepford wife. Like yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I, I'll, I'll let you describe. While I look for it as someone yeah, who has just so, seen it for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I just saw it like five minutes ago. So she has these contacts, colored contacts, 
not sure what exact color they are, but no, they're not black or brown, right? Um, she has this really light makeup. She's clearly a very, and if you look at some of the pictures in her still frames, she lightens her picture. So, and when you look at some of the other pictures, she's darker and the other pictures, she's really, really light. Um, <clears throat> but I thought she was going to be a light-skinned girl until I saw the actual video and she has this foundation that's way too light, looks orangish on her. She has this wig that's, you know, held together with this small headband that's way close to the front of her forehead. Um, very clearly not her hair. Um, it's like this straight, it's a wig that's straight, but like, it looks like if a black girl had blown out her hair with a blow dryer. Um, and, and, and I would say that, uh, her makeup is, I'm not an expert on it, but I think it's like what you call like that contouring thing. Where Yes. Like, like the very, she, where she narrows her nose and yeah. all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and she just looks nuts and she talks in this, well, you'll hear how she talks, but yeah, she looks crazy. And she says crazy shit. <laughs> I, but you guys have to find her actual. What is it styled by Danielle or? Uh, yeah, she used to go by Danielle, Danielle, but now she goes by um, a lifestyle with Danielle. So instead of a lifestyle, it's a lifestyled with the D at no the end. Style. She looks crazy. But... <laughs> um, yeah, and, and the video for people want to find it is "Black women need the police." Period. And she puts "period" in all caps. No, period. Oh, yeah, that's how she talks. Period. Uh, yeah, she's... Uh, oh, and, and she has such an affectation with uh, the way she talks. I think she's trying to over-enunciate because I think she thinks that sounds wider. Yeah, so she she's a valley girl. Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to let it play. There's going to be a little bit of intro music, but I'm just going to let it play. Even the music sounds a little crazy based on what happens next. Because I think you can watch some Martha Stewart stuff with this music. <laughs> Like very pleasant and mellow. It sounds hey, like y'all. A, welcome back to my mm-hmm. like a. It sounds like it sounds like the beginning of like a cable access or PBS show. Yeah, exactly. Or or At, or like some some woman who's like talks about minimalism on her on her YouTube channel right. or something like. At uh, home with Danielle, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it really takes you off guard for what comes next. My channel. Thank you so much for being here, y'all. Really want to discuss why black women need to be careful about demonizing the police okay the and police the one and only reason is because we need them and that's period okay sometimes we pride ourselves in being the most educated group like this that and the third we so smart we so strong we handle everything we're resilient we're beautiful we're melanated we're all of these things Black women are so smart and so stupid at the same time. And I have been smart and equal parts smart and equal parts stupid too. But I'll just say this. So, you know, I don't want anybody to be messy. Right now, I don't have, you know, a huge following, but my following is rapidly growing. But this may get more popular amongst Black women in YouTube, you know, maybe even a year from now when I'm not even thinking about this and don't even remember it. So I'm going to try not to be messy But I've been seeing circulations on YouTube and even on CNN and things where Black women are advocating for the abolishment of police. I feel like Fred Sanford sometimes when he's telling Elizabeth, he like, I feel sometimes I just shake my head when I listen to some Black women speak, you know, Super duper educated Black women that went to the best universities, Ivy League schools, the best colleges, just smart women that just don't think, that just don't you, or they think so much that they overthink the most simplistic, the most simplistic concepts on the planet. Listen, why... Do Black women think they would be okay in a society, in in an America, where there's no police? Black women need white police officers to save you from Black men. There's no nice way to put it. Yes, Black people die. Black women die from police. We discuss... 
you know, on my page, I've talked about Breonna Taylor, so many, Sandra Bland, Corinne Gaines, so many Black women have been killed by the hands of the police. But friends, it is a fraction, a fraction of how many people, Black women die by the hands of somebody they know, by the hands of, not, and not even necessarily die, but just abuse children, little black girls getting touched and molested. How many of you, I have friends. Yeah, like, I don't know how she even got, like, she just brought in molestation, like, all this stuff. But to give context, right, this was recorded, this was published on June 14, 2020. This was at the height of the George Floyd. She didn't just do this yesterday. Like, I mean, I saw even, like, some conservatives uh, horrified at the George Floyd thing. Like, by the time of the trial, they all got back on code anyway, and we were back to, like, justifying it. But when that video was fresh, even, like, the conservatives uh, couldn't defend it, except for, like, Candace Owen. I remember she was. But, like, people like that C.J. Pearson guy and some other people were like, oh, this is just too much. This is too far. I mean, as time as time went on, and, you know, people got used to it. They were going on to, well, was the drugs in the system? What about his child support? Do you know he shot a pornography? And, you know, all this stuff. But when this was raw and fresh and that nine-minute chokeout and him calling for his mother was going on, like, uh, to be able to make this video, like, then, I think is uh, amazing. Like, you know, like... like it's insane, really. Yeah. And it just goes to show the level. There's two there's two levels to that. There's the there's the sickness level of even doing it at that time. And it's the fact that you're so sick that you're gonna try to get your clout and your numbers up because that's the prime time to do it. You get yeah, that too. And so it's so it makes it like double sick and a half, <laughs> you know. Um I've never finished the thing, but it's 23 minutes. Like I can't imagine where she takes it. <laughs> well, let's let, let's just let's just go off of what we already heard. First of yeah, all, she talks yeah. in this way that's super annoying not i'm not even speaking just on the accent that she's clearly forcing but the way that she tells the like sets up her story instead of getting right to the point she's like black women you know we talk about being the most educated you know we're talking about black women with college degrees women in ivy league universities women in colleges women and she repeats the same thing over and over again like nigga they're all the same thing we got it educated women get to the fucking point you know um i just hate that in general but then the fact that she goes from black we need police officers as black women because we need these white police officers specifically white fuck the mexicans and the filipinos and anybody else she wants specifically white cops to protect black women from black men but then goes on to say yeah i know we get killed at the hands of police but that's a fraction of, you know, us being killed by people we know. That's literally everyone. Everyone is harmed or hurt. And if you look at all the numbers, nine times out of 10, it's someone that they knew. That's not a racial thing. It doesn't even make sense what she's saying. And not even, a, what does is, what is one have to do with the other? We're talking about police brutality. She's saying Black women shouldn't be out here talking about abolishing the police as though Black women don't also have fathers, brothers, sons. You see what I'm saying? Like nothing she's saying makes any sense. It doesn't add up. Oh, yeah. But I mean, this this woman is uh... insane. <laughs> yeah. Just just a little avatar like just looks crazy. Like all her things are always like photoshopped and slimmed down. And she yeah, she's just she's, she's but yeah, like I said, she did one with a co-worker once. So I was wondering like oh, with her white co-worker and I'm like, this is one thing, man, when you're um when you're cooning even when your white friends cheer you on or encourage you, man, like, I feel like deep down, they, even they don't respect you. Even they're like, man, man, this person is disgusting. Like, I, I'll, I'll like hang out with them for entertainment or whatever. But man, this person is <laughs> cool. Like, like sometimes, you know, when I first used to really see it was when I used to watch like Fox News and stuff. And sometimes they'd have like one of those like uh, really bad, like, like news coons on. And then they'd be saying something crazy. And then the person would be like, well, tell us more about how, you know, um, these black people getting shot by the police, you know, tend to deserve it. But they'll have a look in their face like, you disgusting. <laughs> so uh, you're like, like, like they would like gas them up, but you could kind of, maybe See, I'm imagining it, but to me, I feel like you could feel deep down like, like the contempt that even the white conservative. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because they're clearly, they, it's like looking at, <clears throat> 
You ever in high school and you see that there's this kid who's not really a cool kid, but they really, really want to be. Yeah. And <clears throat> so the cool kids see that too and they take total advantage of it. You know, they'll have that kid go get their lunch. They'll have that kid uh, give them the answer to the homework. They'll have that. You know what I'm saying? Like basically like they become the flunky of the cool kids, but they but hey, they get to sit with the cool kids. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> they get to be seen amongst the cool kids. They get invited to the same parties as the, as the cool kids, right? So they get what they want, which is to be seen next to the cool kids because what all they want in the whole world is acceptance. It's the same thing with these coons. All they want is the acceptance, but at the same time, those cool kids are laughing at them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Those like, cool kids are like, <clears throat> no, just go send, go send, go send the little, the little, the little nigger. He'll go, he'll do it. Yeah, they're like a mascot. Yeah, and then you'll invite you to the parties and watch you entertain them. Ha ha, do that funny thing that you do. Ha 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 ha. You think they're laughing with you because you're so funny, and they're laughing at all, laughing with each other at the fact that your dumbass is sitting there doing it. That's how I look at it. Um, here's another one. I'm just curious. Get over the black community, please. I, want, I just want to see what this one is. Oh, she looks way different than this one. Like, she doesn't have the contouring. This is an earlier one. Like, you can see her evolution, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through the channel. Like, she sounds less and less black as uh, they go on. Like, the last one I saw from five months ago, she uh, has perfected the Valley Girl accent much okay. better. But but this one is, like, way older. And she like she has a natural hair in it and everything. And no contouring. So I'm curious what her voice is going to sound like in this one. Hold on, let's see. Hey, y'all. Oh, she's... oh you can't show the video. Um, Look for my notes that I wrote. I can, but the sound is always... Um, oh, okay. Well, work, don't worry about it. Work that way. Are, are you, you able to hear it? I have been live in a while. Oh, she's doing a live. My, like, take on... It's my take on the Black community. Yeah. And, like, of course... You know, if you've been here for a while, you already know how I feel about this. You already know how I feel about like divestment and how for me to me, in my opinion and other w- black women's opinion, it's like the only solution. It's like, okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. It's talking about something else. <laughs> it's too much. What else is, oh, what else what is was the only solution? I'm curious. Don't she's gonna oh, God. Okay. I'll, I'll keep playing you. Hold on. Her, her, her only, she said the only solution is to leave the whole black community behind because the whole black community is an albatross and that you have to like uh, bad best from the whole community. Uh, so get over the get over the whole the whole black community. Like anything happens to the black community. Don't concern yourself with it. Like you can just um you know what's wild about that though? Yeah. The, <clears throat> the contradiction in that. It makes me think of when you were talking about I'm gonna explain the correlation in a second, but mm-hmm. it makes me think of like when you were talking about um the the the, the trad wives and how they're they're always talking about how to be a traditional wife and you, you have to be submissive to your husband, but their husbands are always like hella wimpy and sometimes Oh yeah, wonder, yeah. It's almost like not, it's, it's almost like trying to convince themselves that their husband right. is, is this alpha. And if you pay attention to them, they're clearly very aggressive, powerful women. You know what I mean? Um, they're not submissive. You know, you can just tell, right? Yeah. Um, that's kind of how this feels. Like, so now, now I lost my train of thought because I was smoking. Let me see if I can follow. Is, okay. is it kind of like they're pretending to divest from the black community, but they talk about it all day long? Well, there we go. Yes. So they pretend to talk about divesting from the black community, but you target black women. That's half the black community. <laughs> you yeah. see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's contradiction. That's a contradiction. If you your goal was to not concern yourself with the black community, then why are you talking to other black women? Because if you bring more black women with you, you're just taking the black community with you. Well, that's a good point. I see what you mean. Yeah. And also, you're just talking about it all day long as a subject anyway. So you're bringing half the black community with you. And also, that's your favorite topic to talk about. So you're still talking about it all day long. Right. And you're constantly telling black women what they should and shouldn't be doing. You see what I'm saying? So it's a contradiction. Either you concern yourself black or you don't. There's no there's no other way around that. Yeah. You know, I th- I think a problem with a lot of people is that they know deep down, um, not just that the white community won't fully accept them like that. I think a lot of these people kind of themselves don't feel comfortable around white people for all to talk about it. Like, I think they feel easily superior around like um, black people. But if you're going to be around white people, then, then you have to know which fork does what. You know, if you, I mean, the, the kind of fancy white people you're talking about wanting to be around, you have to know which fork is the dessert fork and the salad fork and what this means. And right, you know, and I think a lot of them like intimidated by that, but it's easier to just go around black people and, and lecture them, you know, about stuff like exactly. Uh, 
Because I see people like that. Like, they talk about, I went to this, like, I remember there was this black guy, and he was like, was a couple of years ago, he's one of those, like, snobby, um, black excellence types. So he was talking about, yeah, I was in um, the sushi place in, like, L.A., and, like, black people, y'all need to learn how to use chopsticks. Like, I saw these people eating sushi without chopsticks. Uh, and you know Chopsticks. what's so wild? Nobody yeah. gives a fuck like that. Like the people yeah, that gives a fuck. the people that do give a fuck aren't kicking it with you. That's the thing. Yeah, and, but then also on top of that, like I looked it up, and then um, it said that apparently the traditional way to eat sushi is with your fingers. So it's like you don't even technically. Oh, the so chopstick. you're not even doing it right anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like that's a traditional way. So if you're gonna be like a super traditionalist and, and whatever, and also I'm sure he's probably drowning it and dousing it in soy sauce, which. Apparently, you know, I heard it's like low class too. If you like drown in soy sauce and, and ginger and, you know, I eat sushi like all wrong. Like I know how to use the chopsticks, but sometimes I just, you know, like, like, like I'll put like a hot chili oil <laughs> on my sushi and I'll just do like whatever. I'm like, it's, it's mine. Like, who cares? And that's kind of how my attitude is. Right. And then what I found, and, and this is the thing, in my time being a nanny, you have different types of, I realize there's different types of rich white people. They don't all do the same thing. All the households aren't the same. They all have their own little inner way of judging each other, right? Donald like, Trump eats ke- eats steak with ketchup. Well done. Right. And in certain circles, he's a joke. And in other circles, he's a real ass, you know, he's that's a real man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he does whatever the fuck he wants, you know? He's, like, him. he's in a convention. You know, it's like people like that shit. Um, there's different people that, white black people seem to believe that white people are all the same <laughs> it's interesting when you think about it right because like I, I picked up on this when um i would see people say you you only see black people doing this thing only black relationships are like this only black women do that only black men do that and you realize these people don't know any people outside of other black people yeah yeah you know um by the way, uh, Kenny just came in, so I'm just oh. going to give him an update. I don't know if you remember this, but remember the guy that was uh, stun- stunning on other black people because he could use chopsticks, which is... Oh, yeah, know, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 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 And it turned out to not even be the uh, tradition, the traditional way to eat sushi. Yeah, anyway. to eat sushi. Yeah, you're supposed to eat it with your fingers. Yeah. It's a finger food. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then so that's just to bring you up to speed. But but, but that's what, was, but you know what's funny is that that's what a lot of um, black people do. You know what I'm saying? Whenever it is, you know, um, damn, this sounds fucked up. So you know how, you know, black, when it comes to black culture, there's a lot of black people that don't care about black culture. So what happens is when they learn a new culture, they bring that back to stun on black people. You know what it reminds me of? And I don't think he, I don't think he does this, but I know you talk about this a lot, Tina's RZA. Like RZA is all about, you know, Asian culture, Kung Fu, all this stuff. Now I'm not saying he stunts on black people with, you know, like he just learned something new and, you know, um, nothing like that. But there are people that's like that where they go learn something, bring it back. And then all of a sudden it's all, oh, oh, y'all still doing that? Man, this is what I learned over in Thailand. Like, oh, you went to Thailand. Like, shut up. <laughs> Who cares, man? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. I know That's just super annoying. Yeah. And I used to, I used to hate kids. Like, you remember the kids growing up used to be like that? Like, it'll be some shit. Like, so they they want you to go. Oh man, for real? If that's what they want, that's the reaction yeah. they're trying to get. Yeah. Because they want to just say, yeah. Well, when I was in Japan with my dad, you know, we this is what we we had over there already. So y'all late. You know, we already had this anime. And I'm just oh like, yeah. Oh, but. but- you know when that really bothers me the most is when it's not even something that is a deep cut and they'll act like it's the most basic thing and they'll be like, you know, oh yeah, you know, um, yeah, you watching American cartoon. Yeah, I watch like the deep cuts, but like, hey, have you heard of like uh you know Dragon Ball Z? It's like, wait, it's not even like what are you talking about? It's not even right. A, a, a deep, that's like the most basic uh thing you could actually uh, mention. But it's always well, if it's not Dragon Ball Z. It's got to be something that they saw over in Japan that probably they didn't even watch. They, they don't watch, but they heard about it. You know what I mean? Oh, but have you heard about, you know, Shizuko Sazam? <laughs> no, we haven't heard about that. What is that? Oh, yeah. So you guys don't know about that. You, have, you remember when, we, when you was young, there was always that kid that would lie. They'd be like, yeah, man. Yeah, yes. my mom, my oh, mom yeah. got me the new Jordan. She just won't let me wear him to school. Like, what? <laughs> Yo, you know what's fucked up, Kenny? What, what you just said? That was my exact lie. <laughs> i would say like every kid tells that lie but i told that lie because you know we were really fucking poor so right right I, I get when you're it's, poor you don't want to be unlike that's what people don't realize about kids when they're like you know you have a kid or you hear people talking to their kids like you don't want to be like everybody else no yes they do 
That's all they want in the whole world. That's all they want to do. You know what I'm saying? So that's why kids tell that lie because they want to be like the other kids. This They'll get their own identity in high school. You know what I'm no. saying? But as a fifth grader, they want to be like everybody else. I would say, no, I got name brand clothes. They just in my mama house. Right. <laughs> 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 I can only I can only wear them on the weekend at her house. It was like, yeah, okay, right, girl, right. My oh, cousin's dumbass believed it. I didn't even know she. <laughs> I didn't even know she believed it until I said I talked about it on Facebook once. She was like, oh wait, for real? <laughs> like, how did you not know this? Right. That's too. That's, that's too funny. Uh, you know, like on on uh, Twitter, you have a lot of like black dudes that are into anime and, and manga and stuff, and it always be stunting on you know the manga knowledge and. I saw this this black girl once. Um, she was talking about that she likes uh, manga, and then all these black guys started like clowning her, like, "Oh, yeah, the girl likes uh, manga." And it, she made a good point because she was like, "Name what you like." And it's like, I already noticed what you're gonna say. You're gonna say One Piece, Naruto, Dragon yep. Ball Z, like the same yep. four fighting guy mangas. Yep. And, but, yep. but she's like, black girls will like who are into manga will like you know. All like the obscure stuff, the romance stuff, the slice of life stuff, and, and, and she was right. Like all those black dudes that talk the most about, um, you know, liking manga and like making fun of the black girls, uh, manga fans as posers. Like the same three or four basic manga that is like millions and millions of guys. You know, it, it'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm a comic expert. You know, well, what do you read? Well, have you heard of something called Superman? No, like right, right. It's, it's equivalent to that. Like, it's like, I, okay. I, I tell people in a minute, like I don't really know anything about anime. And when I was coming up, the only thing that was, you know, back in those days, um, you had to order that stuff in from overseas or whatever. Like, uh, what was it called? Um, Crying Freeman. Oh yeah, that was a great one. You couldn't buy that shit here. At least I don't remember knowing or uh, Gogo Thirteen. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember being able to buy it. But you know, I was you just know. thinking right now, That's like those too. guys that try to. Get on girls. I, I used to go through that myself, right? Because I was into stuff I guess people thought was traditionally male and to some degree. But I also grew up around predominantly males, <laughs> you know? So right. that's so I just happened to know what they talked about, what my cousins were doing, and my brothers. And so it wasn't like I was trying to do that, but I would get accused of that shit too, right? So it's like, oh, of course you're a hip-hop head. Oh, yeah. And just like, but the funniest thing, though, the only niggas that act like that are the niggas that are nerds anyway. Like, they're, they don't yeah. get pussy. You know, like, they it's <laughs> like the... I mean, I'm gonna use it. They were they're the Smash Brothers players of that, yeah. of whatever. The, 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 the Smash Brothers are in hip hop too. <laughs> I, just love, I just love that you made that a term now. Uh, the Smash. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, man. Yo, after I learned about that smelly shit, I realized that that was that was the go to. When you when you go to underground hip hop shows, I remember there was a um a exactly conversation people were too. having uh, on online. I, I don't remember if it was Twitter. Or I don't remember. It might have been Twitter when they were talking about certain rap acts. When you go to it, it's a sausage fest. You know what I'm saying? And they were naming like MOP shows, Mob Deep. Like when you go to these shows, it's going to be just nothing but a bunch of dudes. Or if you go to these under underground shows, it's some Smash Brother types. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Where they're, they're showered in four days, <laughs> smell like corn nuts and ass. You know what right. I'm saying? And they want to debate with women because they saw a woman with a Wu-Tang t-shirt on. Now they want to <laughs> oh, name all the members then. <laughs> Oh, they want but, you to name not all the regular nine members, but they want you to name all these random ass groups that's associated with them. But but, but those those Smash Brothers types, they don't even have any real knowledge. They just consume a lot. Like there's a difference between exactly. having any real thoughts. Like like for example, the the guys in like comic books and hobbies that bother those girls the most, they don't actually have any understanding of no. how the comics get made or anything. They just buy a shit ton of stuff. They buy a shit ton of Funko Pops. They buy every single issue of everything that comes out. But there's no type of real engagement. There's no type of real like, you know, hey, um, which writer do you think, you know, did the best work or whatever? They just know what's the most popular. And that's yeah. and that's and that's it. So like they'll have like a lot of superficial knowledge from literally buying every single fucking thing. And not opening it sometimes, you know, and just having it, you know, to say they owned it. But, you know, there's some there's some people. But those I find the people who actually have a real deep appreciation for the stuff don't even like gatekeep it like that. They don't. But you know they what? Don't. But the ultimate the ultimate was um, and people, you know, people use uh, people have um, what do they call that um, revisionist history. One of the main reasons why Tupac became so popular was women. You know what I'm saying? Point. A lot of dudes hated on Tupac. A lot it's of funny. dudes hated on Tupac. It's so funny you say that because <laughs> I was just thinking about how the 
of the other day when I was a kid growing up, everybody that knew that I was into Tupac were women. All yeah. my older cousins, all my, like my mom, like everybody. I was and so no, dudes so hated Tupac. That. They couldn't stand Tupac. I don't remember dudes hating them, but I definitely remember girls liking them. The girls the, when I would get my hair done, all the teenage girls, you know, yeah. like they were they were all in the pot. Tupac was this right. obscure before Tupac was LA, before California Love and all of that. Tupac was loved by women more than anything because he was doing music, but he was more you honestly saw Tupac more in movies and on TV than you heard his music. Mm. When Me Against the World came out, he was in jail. So before that, it was the revolutionary stuff, but he was on TV a lot. You know, he was on Moesha. You know what I'm saying? He was in... Uh, I forgot he was, he was on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was on other random shows. He was in Juice. He was in Poetic Justice. And even Poetic Justice, well, he wasn't a thug in that movie at all. You know what I'm saying? He was just a random dude that worked for the mail, for the uh, post office. So that's a perfect example of what Vita's talking about because later on, everybody loved Tupac, you know, Machiavelli and when he died and because of the way he was living his life with this high testosterone Crazy, oh, a different world, lifestyle. not Moesha. He different, was in a different world. No, he was on Moesha too. When was he on the, like in the beginning? The early, yeah. early? Yeah. I don't remember that. As a guest appearance or a guest as appearance? A, not oh, as okay. himself, but as a guest appearance. Oh, but he, he was, was already a rapper then. Yeah, he was a rapper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but he was okay. on a different world too. Yeah, he was definitely on a different world. I but remember he that. wasn't he wasn't that was at the later years because that's when Jada Pinkett was on a different world. Yeah, right. that's the, when a different world that, that's when they came in together. Yeah. I remember the funny thing for Tupac was for me was the opposite. I really liked him. When he was uh, with Digital Underground and when he had the uh, whatever the album is, it had trapped. I remember yep. I got yep. that album and I liked it. But then when the Machiavelli's thing happened, he got really popular. That's when I actually uh, stopped liking him. But everyone else liked him a lot and everything. Yeah. People started when people started not liking Tupac because a lot of women liked him. And at that time, you got to think about the type of music that was out and popping. J. Ruta Damager. Uh, um, um, What's the name of that group? And none of them can rap, but the beats was dope. Um, oh, Group Home. Group Home. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You had a lot of con- conscious hip hop wasn't really popping as much as it was. You had Doggy Style, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Then you had the East Coast were doing this hardcore East Coast beats that and boom, all that, that kind of shit. Bap. That boom that bap. boom bap, bap shit. Stuff. Yeah. Gangstar was still doing their thing. Like you didn't, he didn't really have a lane and he was representing the Bay Area at that time. You know what I'm saying? So you would hear him on songs that you people never heard. Songs with E-40, songs with Spice One, you know, that you know, stuff like that. You didn't hear Tupac like that. So you only saw him. And I remember vividly, dudes did not like Tupac. And I think it was because the women liked him. But as Tupac himself said, the niggas gonna want what the bitches want. And what happened? I remember I get around was pretty was pretty popular too. It was. That, that, yeah. that was but I think that might have got more. Props because of uh, Digital Underground and him Digital at the time. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he was. I don't think he was the draw yet. Like I think later no. on he would have no. been the draw, but at the time, uh, pe- people. I don't think he was a draw until Me Against the World, and then he got out of jail. Did the Vibe Awards? That was in '95. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Then it was like, and that was before Death Row. He wasn't on Death Row yet. You know. Yeah, the jail. Uh, I think really kind of elevated his profile. Then he did yeah. the MTV thing with Tabitha Soren, yeah. who later on acted like she was worried about getting raped. Like, I still can't oh, believe yeah. her homely that. ass. Trying to yeah. act like she's, uh... but yeah, I remember. I mean, I probably said this before, so like you know, excuse me, but like uh, people always think like when I say I don't like Tupac's later stuff, they always think that it must be because of an East Coast thing and like East Coast loyalty. But I mean, I'm not like that. Like if what you did is a like, good, like you know, it's you know good. Like like that hit him up song. I think is like you know one of one of the meanest diss songs ever. Like yeah, I he can't, was just like, yelling and screaming at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was I mean, just mad. But 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 it, it worked. Like, it gets you pumped up. It's a good, it's a good oh, yeah. song. Yeah, it gets you pumped up. But yeah, I have the most minor complaint, but it's just too much. And it's like, uh, I used to like how he used to rap, but the way he rapped was like really different. And then after Jail and later on, uh, just to eat a quarter pounder with the cheese up a Mickey D's. Right, 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 I, like, right, right. I just can take the E, E, E. Right. So that's and I tried it again and I'll get into it. Like I tried the Machiavelli album. And I was digging it, but then it was like, I, was like oh, I can't deal with it. If he just wasn't a lot doing of his that, music didn't. I age would well. like it. A lot of it didn't age well. Some of it did, but a lot of it didn't age well at all. He was doing so much of it too. Like I mean, oh, yeah. I have to give it to him. I, like I'm like, when did this guy sleep? He was recording like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said he got out of prison right out of jail, ready to go straight to the studio. That's what they said. Yeah. I, if, if he really wrote all his rhymes, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have the interview with some of the outlaws, and he said the way that 
They were asking, how did he pick and choose who got on the song? He was like, whoever finished their verse first. That's who got on the song. So the songs really didn't have any structure. He would tell them what the song was about. You guys start writing. Whoever get done first, get on the song. But you know, there were some songs even later in his career where he wasn't doing that thing with the E. So I ended up yeah. liking them. Like, like every now and then he would like not do that. And I would like the song. Yeah. See, I like that. So. Oh, you like the E-E, that thing? I love all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, clearly a lot of people did. I'm clearly in the minority. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know what? You know what ended up happening? I think, though, people started biting that. C-Murder started doing it. Yeah, uh, everyone started no doing limit. it. They all started doing it. You know what I'm saying? So that didn't help. Yeah, that didn't help. You know? Yeah. And, and, and those guys, C-Murder was trying so hard to be. There were a lot of people yeah. who were trying really hard to be Tupac who did not have any of the redeeming talent. Because, because like me, I'm not going to say he couldn't rap. I liked how he rapped outside of that one syllable like but i'm not gonna deny that he was uh talented but like c murder just had nothing to say except just no. biting the little trappings of you know right. met, was, took the shocker was the worst <laughs> just yeah. i just i just had to say that like like he wasn't biting tupac but even the way the he talked was just... <laughs> even the way he talked you'd be like what is he saying i remember they made that movie um the last don and he was in and i didn't even understand what, understand what the hell he was saying in the movie i was like <laughs> he talks fast in real life like that <laughs> Unfortunately, I find it so funny because it's everything we talk about on the show coming true. And I feel like more and more lately, <laughs> a lot of champagne shit we talk psychics. About, yeah, man. Like that thing where where you talk about how these these white people who are the handlers of these like black blue checks and wanna checks don't even look at what they hand in because they're just like, oh, just I, I think the best description of it ever was you, Kenny. You said like it's like when your little brother wants to play and he's annoying you. So you just give him a controller that's not plugged in. Absolutely. And let him think he's playing. Exactly. <laughs> and he gets all excited. And I feel like that's how a lot of these people's editors are and all this stuff. They're like, man, the black people aren't, won't stop bothering us. Just just give them something to do. You know, and they treat just, them like children. Yeah, treat them like children. So like this, this woman who's the lead author and like nine other people did this anti- anti-ADOS uh, article. And regardless of how you feel about ADOS, you know, whether you like them or don't like them, um, this was just a bad article because they basically tried to say that they were Russian bots uh, created by the Russians. And they act like it was a very serious thing, but um, they just made it up based on like tweets. <laughs> it, was, it was basically just like a Twitter thread, like, you know, and they sent it to like a, a Harvard publication that requires like peer reviewing and all this stuff. And uh, basically they said, we'll talk about this more in depth when I can actually like, you know, read passages and have it put together and everything in a more organized way. It'll probably be better for a stream because we can put the passages on the screen. But basically, long story short, uh, the ADOS people, because you know, now they have like a foundation and actual like nonprofit groups and everything. And they had a thorough takedown of it. Like, you know, they were like, this thing has no proof. Uh, there's no anything. Here's like our counter proof. We demand. And they wrote straight to the handlers. They wrote, they wrote straight to the white people. They were like, oh, we demand this be peer reviewed. And they uh, demanded the review process. I guess some people there knew how the review process works. And I'm like, that's what more people have to do. Like find out who is the person above like who's the person manager? Like the ADOS Foundation was it was like a Karen. It's like like we want to speak to the manager. Like, like right. we're not going to waste time arguing with this person. So Harvard uh, and they got like this third party Princeton people, whatever, to um, do an independent investigation. Harvard retracted the thing, right? And then the third party investigation uh, came out like a day or two ago, where they found that uh, it was a gross. Um, um, incompetence or whatever, like not just in the part of the article writing, but on the part of Harvard, they said the editors was like, it was like a willful uh, negligence or whatever they said. I don't have it in front of me, but they basically found out that it came down to their whole, they did investigation of the whole data set and all this stuff. And it came down to basically uh, Antonio Moore and Yvette Carnell, a handful of their tweets was the body of, of their whole uh, evidence. So now, like, uh, Harvard has, like, egg all over their faces and people are wondering, like, OK, what are your editors actually doing? But it also kind of gives away what's happening with a lot of these um, uh, black academics that they that they have there. Because first off, this shouldn't even have been an article like it, it should never just, have been an article to begin with for the simple fact. Just look for the simple fact that you're writing this based on tweets. 
<laughs> yeah. Think about that. Now, look, no, think about that. These are people that are, I don't know what these people do for a living, but I'm guessing they're highly credentialed, have a lot of education, and they're so bothered by other people's tweets that they tried to write a scientific paper about this and actually get it published. With no science. <laughs> with no science. You know how stupid that is? That would be like me writing an article or grabbing an article from Sports Illustrated and trying to get it scientifically published in the Princeton Journal or whatever the hell it's called. People would look at me like, are you stupid? Like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, you would get fired from your job if you were an academic. But I think this woman's going to have some trouble with her work going forward. Like, like uh, yeah, she, you're not to be trusted anymore. Yeah. yeah. And she went private. But you know what I think uh, is with a lot of these uh, social justice types? In general, not just the black ones, but in general, they really think anybody who disagrees with them or doesn't affirm or validate them is actually evil and is yes. an enemy. And what ends up happening, right, with when that isn't happens, that, isn't that a classic um, narcissism? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's fair. But 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 you know what I think happens, too, right, is um, it, it will be like Hitler. Like, you don't have to say when you're talking about Hitler, you don't have to say, hey, did you read Mein Kampf? You know, um, right. I heard you heard you criticizing Hitler, but did you actually read his work? Like, you can't say that because he's so blatantly evil. Right. Just saying that somebody needs to read Hitler. Look at him. Shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how they feel about everyone who disagrees with them. I think everyone who disagrees with them is so evidently bad that they're like Hitler that you don't like. If I'm gonna do a Hitler takedown piece, it don't take much for me to get a printer. <laughs> I would say, hey, no, this fuck. Hitler guy sucks. You know, and that's right. basically it. Like, it's so undebatable. They think everyone else can see as clear as they can how Hitlerish their enemies are. I mean, that's kind of what's happening in that piece by Jamila Lemieux, where she's talking yeah. about uh, straight black men and she's comparing them literally to Nazis. There's no proof or data or anything in the article, but to her, she really is talking about someone the equivalent of Nazis. Well, well it's so, because I said so. Yeah, because I said so. Because, hey, these are Nazis. They're like that evil. So I think this woman was really thinking and the people behind the article were thinking, hey, these white people were their favorite black people. They trust us. They're going to take it on faith and see that these people are, that these Ada West people are just like black MAGA and are just all a bunch of Hitlers. Yeah. And we don't even have to do anything. If anybody complains, they're going to take our sides and tell them to shut up because it will be like a bunch of Nazis complaining about getting bad press. But the AD West people did a really good rebuttal. And I, I read it and it was it was actually much more professionally done than than the actual Harvard uh, piece as far as like like someone actually proofread the thing, basically. Yeah. But um, this is this is how bad it was. The the person today in the story, they interviewed them. They said, hey, well, you know what happened? And then she was like, and I said it to you guys, well, one of them just, just went the main. There's two lead people. One of the lead people just went private and gave no comment. The second one, the one with the Latino last name. The, with, the, with the Hispanic last name yeah. was like, well, I still stand by it. And on top of that, uh, actually, let me not ruin this. Let me get it right because what you said was pretty um, ridiculous. So, so let's, let's uh, I want to, I want to get it. I want to get it right. But she, she was basically blaming Harvard for not protecting her against the trolls. Yeah, As because if, uh, you, ad you because you address trolls and they're they're a real institution of education. You fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, he, here's here's what uh, she said. The ten co-authors. This is what the the article said in the Harvard Crimson. The ten co-authors also accused the misinformation review, uh, which is like Harvard's uh, section dedicated to um, you know dealing with misinformation and everything, of failing to defend them against ADOS criticism. So Harvard was supposed to. Uh, and that's the thing. A lot of these people think of like their white bosses and stuff as like white mommy and daddy. Like, like yeah. you're supposed to protect their me. white benefactor. Y yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're my mommy and daddy. You're supposed to protect me against the bad people. Like, you know, like no, they're not gonna co-sign like shoddy work just because you're 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 black and you're. A special well, see, snowflake. but this is the, this is the reason why it didn't work because these Negroes do shit nobody asks them to do. <laughs> Exactly. Where they got their job, the way they got their job is by doing stuff nobody asked them to do. White people didn't ask them to do all that shit they did to get the job. Yeah, 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 exa exactly. And even if the white people did ask them to do it, they didn't ask them to just do it with no actual work behind it because they could have done that themselves. Like They could have like, did that themselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they wanted you to do it in a plausible way. So they didn't And, 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 and there's it. an academic way of doing what they just did. Yeah, But exactly. they're so emotionally drawn by Twitter <laughs> yeah. and being an SJW idiot. 
and, and that childish. They can't help themselves, yeah, because they're like children. Yeah, that would take themselves. that would take actual work. Like there are so many legitimate critiques you could do against uh, a lot of people in the ADOS movement if you wanted to. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like like if they took the time and actually it took time to research things. They could have like said, well, this policy we don't find it feasible or whatever. Like this is a problem with this policy or uh, your your idea of taking on the Democrats as a way to get reparations in the future, we don't think it'll work because of X, Y, and Z reasons. And this is what you should do instead. That's too much work. It's better to just make up shit. <laughs> you know, like, right. like that's the extent of the they work. They wrote they that w- article the same way they tweet. Yeah, it, it, it was basically a giant tweet thread. It goes, yeah. it goes, instead of using Harvard's institution, this is a quote from the person, right? She goes, the 10 co-authors, they said, instead of using Harvard's institutional power to shield authors from blowback, the publication risked becoming a lens to focus greater blowback on the authors, they wrote. At the very least, it should put resources into raising these issues pre-publication rather than post-publication. And that's crazy on multiple levels. Because first it says Harvard's, like to them, the whole point of writing for big places, because they think they can use the big places like a, you said benefactor, it's like, like a wealthy benefactor, like you're Harvard. So we should be able to lie. And the whole reason that we did this at Harvard is because we thought, your reputation and power would shield us from having to actually yeah so in other words let us let us lie because you're going to protect us because we're black and And you're and you're harvard and and you're harvard and you're going to protect us we're the only negroes here you know we're the talented so let us lie and don't and don't you know make us do any work let us just say whatever we want and you're powerful and That's how these people, because yeah, they know they, they know they can hide behind the steel curtain, which is Harvard, and it'll be seen as the truth. But it also so shows their idea. This is a way for them to take their bullshit, which is all it is, is bullshit. They want to be able to take their bullshit. They went and got all these damn degrees. They want to take their degrees and all this bullshit they've been saying on Twitter, put it in an academic paper, and then put it in Harvard's hands and say, here, put that out there. And Harvard is looking at them like, motherfucker, we've been around for 300 years. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it also shows the level of magical thinking in the power of white people and their institutions. Like they Absolutely. think they think Harvard is just like some super magical, powerful, all powerful thing that can just. And, and what will end up happening is because Harvard knows this. On the flip side, they know that these same people are dangerous enough that then they'll write a paper later on talking about how all the Ivy Leagues were were built by slaves. Oh, 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 yeah, and and and, and you know they're gonna say this example of how uh, yeah, because uh, because if the authors, if the, most of the authors are like women of color and maybe queer, then they could say Harvard doesn't protect. This is why uh, black women and queers are the most unprotected. Harvard threw them threw us out to the wolves, uh, the ADOS, and let, and let, and let the nigger pack uh, take us apart. Uh, yeah, exactly. and, and they're going to leave out that, no, you were incompetent. You just gave them a paper based on like two people's tweets. And, and, and this is what they did in the paper. That's crazy. In the opening of the paper, they give this long description of everything that uh, went into the paper. And they said, and hold on, I got to find the exact thing because it's it's really crazy. This is what they said. So I'm opening up the original paper and I have to get this right because it's it's really ridiculous. Uh, they they give the impression that this is way more um, um, resourced than it was. So so um, I'm going to, where, where exactly is? I want to find the part where they dis- describe everything that went into. Okay, they said, in this essay, we conduct a descriptive content analysis from a sample of a data set made up of 534,000 scraped tweets, supplemented with access to 1.36 million tweets from the Twitter firehose from accounts that use the ADOS hashtag between November 19, 2019 and September 2020. So based on that sentence, you think, wait, that's over, that's almost 2 million tweets. So it's like, okay, even if you're just using tweets, 2 million tweets there's no way all that's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think and it, it sounds like they're just cat. And it's like they all they did really was count the number of times the hashtag was used. That's all it, they did. Exactly. They just took 200 million tweets with the, that were hashtag ADOS. And then just chose 10 by Antonio Moore and Yvette Carnell. That's all they really were ever going to use. Yeah. And they just used that bigger number to make it sound. Because when the investigation was done, they just said, OK, we checked all the data. We had them submit. And we, um, the third party, and they were like, "Yeah, they just basically took a handful of tweets." So th- this whole, I think what what Vita said is exactly right. They just took the hashtag and counted it, 
and then just focused on the same 10 tweets that we're going to focus on they, anyway. They even did they even did shisty research on Twitter. You could do better research on Twitter. Like, <laughs> damn. No, that's absolutely facts. Because I wasn't even thoroughly done. It was, and on no. top of that, they wrote this article try, making a bigger claim than they had evidence for. Yeah. And you can't do that. Because I they mean, was because it was all based off emotions and personal opinions. Exactly. And, and then and, they and, were Sorry, go ahead. Good. I was saying, and then to be upset that Harvard didn't quote unquote protect you. Like, what if the fuck did you what the fuck did you think they were supposed to do? That's what I wasn't clear on. <laughs> what does that mean? They're supposed to hop on Twitter and be like, nah, don't right, say that yeah. about her. Like, what the fuck did you want them to do? Yeah, and it's like, it's like trolling back the ADOS. First of all, ADOS weren't even trolling. The ADOS were just calling them out for a shitty job. Like, not everything is trolling. Sometimes, you know, like like, like they weren't like playing any stupid games. They were just like, this is a bullshit. Uh right article which is which is fair but uh yeah yeah so they did the review they concluded in august and then um they retracted the article and then they had an editor's note on december 20th where they, they said the authors admitted quote unquote defects in their work but when they I actually bet you, i bet you i bet you someone called them into an office they'd be like hey is this off twitter uh <laughs> uh yeah Nigga, the f- what are you serious like you would have to, I would do that if I was like whoever the board of director would be like, hey yo, let me call these motherfuckers in the office real quick. It's just on Twitter. <laughs> let me just read this whole thing because it's pretty short. <laughs> this came out. This came out yesterday because this is so funny. Uh, Harvard Kennedy School, the Harvard Crimson reported this. Harvard Kennedy School. So now Harvard has to report on their own schools like fuck up. So this yeah. is in the Harvard Crimson. They they forced to do this. Harvard Kennedy School misinformation review retracts article admitting quote-unquote editorial failure so harvard kennedy school had to admit the editors yeah we fucked up as editors because the buck stops because unlike these people who have no accountability uh yeah. the, the editors, editors gonna have be accountable to, yeah. yeah yeah the editors have to be a- accountable so so they um but here's the crazy thing before i even read the thing five out of ten of the authors who work for moveon.org or work with moveon.org moveon.org is the um democrat uh, I think it's a PAC. I think it's a political action committee oh, run by fuck. George Soros that's oh, always God. doing stuff for the Democratic Party. Oh, boy. Um, so basically... Um, These so, people have no self-awareness whatsoever. I think I was on their email list somehow. And I was like, well, how did I get on this email list? What the fuck is this? Oh, they get a lot of... Uh, they get a lot of... They do a lot of scraping and 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 um of different mailing lists because they're so big uh that they have access to a lot of and they have a lot of subgroups under them they they uh, gave a lot of money to like one thing that happens is people say that they gave money to black lives matter and then Man. one thing people always say is that's actually not true if you look it up they didn't but what they actually did was give money to a lot of the people who then gave money to black lives matter right and that's the way to get around they robbed peter to pay paul oh. yeah yeah so one thing they'll do is like they do like money laundering where they will. So they gave a lot of money to moving for black lives. And then a lot of that money makes its way to black lives matter. But then yeah, we did a whole episode on that, a whole live stream. It was like four hours long. Remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. We had all the receipts and, and everything, yeah. but, but yeah. So five of the people moved, worked for MoveOn.org out of the 10 authors and the rest of them, you know, were involved in the democratic party and different things. And then this main author, the main author, uh, Mutale and, and Conde was, dumb enough to tweet out uh, on Twitter. She tweeted, ADO West will kill us all. And then another woman responded, girl, and I hate when they write in like fake ebonics. I know a lot of these people kind of do that, these academics. Uh, Girl, you finna have a swarm on your mentions. And these people don't even hang around black people, but they they don't talk like that. They don't talk like that. And then she responds back, girl, she was not my candidate. And I guess they're talking about when the ADO West were uh, getting on Kamala Harris. She was not my candidate, but we need a functional government where her kinfolk are from. February, we are going to lose a large proportion of the city and toilet roll won't save them. I don't understand what she's trying to say, but I think what she's trying to say is that these people are messing up the Democratic candidacy by Mm -hmm. focusing on people and we need to stop them because we don't want Trump. I think toilet roll is like something for like Trump or something or whatever. But so she's like, they need to stop criticizing Democrats and all this stuff. And so why would you tweet that and then do a hit piece so that people could find the tweet and no realize self-awareness. that you have a grudge against ADOS 
on behalf of the Democrat. So, so, so let's put this all together. They have a <laughs> grudge against ADOS based on the feeling that ADOS is going to sabotage Kamala Harris and the rest of the Democratic Party and get Trump reelected. And they say this, the main author says this in public on Twitter, making it clear that she has it in her mind that she needs to protect the Democrats from AOS, right? She puts from, from ADOS, she puts that out there in the ether. Then her answer is to go to the Harvard Kennedy School and do a fake uh, um, peer reviewed like type paper that she claims has two million tweets worth of of evidence behind it. But they later find out is just based on uh, a handful of tweets from Antonio Moore and Yvette Carnell. Now, because these people always had to put on their friends, she puts on like nine other people on this thing and five of them blatantly work for moveon.org, which is a major Democrat. So it's like it's like you're trying to do a crime and you're bringing all the usual suspects <laughs> with you yeah. to the crime. And you're also tweeting about the crime you're going to you're going to do. Like, that's what I'm saying. These people, they're not even good shills. They're incompetent, I, I, even as shills. I, I don't even think they realize how I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how they don't realize it because they claim that they understand that they're being like as a black person, you're con- there. White people are always looking for something. You know what I mean? Like, you just know that. So to be so sloppy just seems so weird to me. They have no self-awareness. But, but also, they, you... because these people, I'm just going to break it down to you. These people spend more time on social media than they do doing their real jobs. So when they should be doing research, because honestly, if they really did want to understand what Yvette Carnell and Tone was talking about, they could literally do research. Honestly, you know what I mean? That's their job. Yeah, that's literally their fucking job. But instead, they're so engulfed in social media, they have Twitter brain, as T calls it, you know what I'm saying, that they can't separate the two. I swear to God, remember I talked to you guys about the lawnmower man, (laughs) the fucking movie, it's the lawnmower man, I'm telling you, like they can't separate reality from the game. And and I think I think like three things also happen here. First, they're always thinking about the next hustle. So yeah. they don't even have the first hustle down and are competent at it, but they're really trying to think about what else they can do. So they probably thought, hey, this is going to get us uh, work with the Democrats if we do this. So, you know, we, we could tell them, hey, hey, boss, we saved you from the uh, from the field. The yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so so uh, reward us and everything. So, so that's one thing. The second thing is. I think they overestimate what they mean to these white people. And they actually think like they're, you know, um, valued. They, yeah. Yeah. Take- valued. And they, they think they're valued to the point that, again, the Hitler analogy, you know, if, if I tell you these people are black Hitler, you're just going to take me at my face value. And then you're not going to bother fact checking because who's going to bother uh, nitpicking and fact checking an anti-Hitler uh, peace, you know, right, so that, he's Hitler. That, that, Hitler's he's Hitler. What difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Hitler. And, and, and then when you see the actual ADOS response, it seems so normal and rational that I'm sure the Harvard people must be like, wait, these are the, you know, like, uh, oh, you're talking about regular black people. That's what they said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the, the third, the third thing is that they also, uh, believe so much. Because people worship big white institutions. That's why they always oh, yeah. want to they, integrate they, they, into them. They treated, of, they treated Harvard like it was God. That's what they did. Yeah. These thought Harvard were just going to just smite any opposition, like the Old Testament uh, you know, God, <laughs> and just, just yeah. reach a hand down. And and so, so yeah. So going back, to, that's the context for this piece of the retraction. I'm going to read it, read it now. It's pretty short. The Harvard Candy School misinformation review has admitted to publishing misinformation. (laughs) So so think about the egg on Harvard's face. They actually have to type this out. The journal published by Harvard Kennedy School's Shorenstein Center retracted an article last month that concluded a slavery reparations advocacy group discouraged black voters from participating in the 2020 presidential election. And for people who don't know, they claim that the Russians were behind ADOS yeah, and, and, that, yeah. and all this crazy stuff they couldn't prove. Yeah, the Russians and, got some, they ain't got nothing else to do except mess with niggas that work at Walmart and, you know, Circuit City and shit. My yeah, exactly. And they, got this, and they got this published in, in at least Jimmy Lemieux published a bullshit Vanity Fair. Like these people right, right. got Harvard to co-sign this. Uh, the group in question, the American Descendants of Slavery Advocacy Foundation, publicly refuted the article's findings leading the journal to launch internal and external reviews of the research. The reviews, which concluded in August, found mistakes and data discrepancies in the study, calling into question its conclusions. The misinformation review retracted the article titled Disinformation Creep, 
ADOS and the Strategic Weaponization of Breaking News. Now, what's funny is their title was called Disinformation Creep, accusing ADOS of disinformation, even though they couldn't prove any anything wrong that the ADOS said factually. Ironically, their article about calling someone else disinformation ended up getting retracted for having bad information. Yep. And got retracted by something called the misinformation review. So that's like extra um ironic. And by the way, you guys can jump in at any point that I'm uh reading. You don't have to wait till I'm done. Oh, okay. But um so so she goes writing in the editor's note that the authors admitted quote unquote defects in their work. Quote, the retraction decision was not taken lightly, but is one that we feel was necessary as certain of the principal conclusions reported in this paper cannot be considered reliable or valid, the Misinformation Review's editorial staff wrote. It is important to acknowledge that this outcome also represents a failure of the journal's editorial process. So they admitted that there, uh, and basically that failure the editor was, probably the, the editor saved his job or her job. Yeah, yeah, basically. But even if they saved the job, they have egg on their face after, yeah. after this one. Like, this is a black mark on the record. The article underwent three peer reviews, and one editorial review prior to publication, according to Maria Y. Rodriguez, a co-author of the article. And you know what? I kind of believe it, but I think the peer review was like, hey, uh, we we don't have standing to question the experience of uh, Black women and queer people of color. So their peer review is probably just a rubber stamp. You know what I mean? If, if they actually complained loudly about anything or gave too many notes, I'm sure these people would have raised a big stink. And called them racist anyway. Yep. My theory, you know, That's, whatever. I would agree. And on top yeah. of that, I think, like you just said, they don't. They feel like, well, we can't be the authority on that, so we're just gonna go ahead and let them run with it. But I don't see, from a research perspective, how that gets peer reviewed and that gets that still gets sent through. Just from a like, you, they never got sent back with some edit notes because it's not like it's not like it has. It's not like it's gonna be humiliating to you as a as a researcher to have somebody push back and say, hey, you know, do you have any data that proves this particular point? You get what I mean? No, I totally agree. And, and it makes me think that Kenny's theory must be true, that they just treat them like, you know, uh, the kid with the controller or or, or or when your kid brings home something for shop class, like a like a uh, like a ashtray and it's all like fucked up and lopsided. But you pretend mm-hmm. it's dope because, you know, it's like there were kids. So you like you tell your friends, look what my kid made for me. It's, it's all fucked up looking. And everyone pretends, oh, that's amazing. The little giant do that all by themselves. I think maybe that's, I mean, I'm spitballing. I don't know if you guys have any better theories. Because Bita's asking a great question. How does this happen with three peer reviews? All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.